Hi, welcome back to Meditate with Samara. This week, I'm inspired to share with you a simple but very profound understanding as the key to start healing and manage your well-being much better. In this episode, I will also give a small practice, briefly discuss two scientific papers that's related to the topic, and give a relevant meditation at the end of this episode so you can also have your own experience. So stay tuned! So what actually is self-awareness and why is it a key to our healing and well-being? So self-awareness, as I understand it, is a skill that you know your inner mind. So what your thoughts and what your emotions are, these are the things that usually shapes your sense of self or the sense of who we believe we are, basically. And it may sound very abstract at the moment, but I'll try my best to explain as simple as possible. So what is self-awareness? We have self-awareness when we notice our thoughts, for example. And it's good because our thoughts usually influence and shape how we see the world. For example, the same event can mean very different for the different people based on what their thoughts about the event are. Maybe there is an exam and I could feel a bit more stressed than my other friend and that stress could be debilitating, but my other friend could manage that stress well or even does not experience stress that much. So this is an example where there is a same event But when different people have different thoughts, they might have different attitudes towards that event. When we have self-awareness, we also practice noticing our emotions. We learn how we usually react to the world. And with self-awareness, you are able to see and notice this emotion, this emotion of feeling angry, for example, and you can create a distance, a space before you actually act out say something or do something that you might regret later if you just act out the emotions at the moment. So how do we gain more self-awareness? Well, for starters, we need to pay much closer attention to our present moment. So your attention isn't focused on your outward appearance. It's more focused on your inner experience, which is your thoughts, and emotions. So my friend gave me this book and highly recommended me to read um, as starters to understand more about meditation and self-awareness, which is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I do recommend reading it if you haven't um, as one of the starters, but I must say a bit of caution that not a lot of people can receive this book well because some people do say that it's not very scientifically driven or it's a bit up in the air. But I think that um, Eckhart Tolle has some interesting insights and views about it, and he's also on YouTube, so maybe that's easier to um, grasp the content. So the takeaway from the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, is that the key is understanding that we are not our thoughts. There is a separation between our thoughts that we are experiencing right now and who we are. So one of his suggestions of the book is understanding that if we can observe our thoughts, so we know we have like a monologue or a dialogue going on in my mind right now, then 
I am not my thoughts. We are not our thoughts because our thoughts are fleeting, because our thoughts can come and go and they don't stay constant. In my personal experience, this realization has helped me a lot and have empowered me to get out of my funk or low vibe bad mood because believe me, my thoughts can get pretty negative pretty quickly and understanding that I am not my thoughts is very empowering because it gives me the room and the space to change and take ownership about my thoughts and being able to change the trajectory of that. So a simple analogy to understand self-awareness a bit more vividly is this really nice example that I've learned from a mindfulness session I followed in my university. So we can imagine our thoughts as clouds, okay? So imagine our each individual thoughts as an individual cloud. So you can imagine, for example, you're sitting outside and you just imagine clouds um, floating by and for each of that cloud, you assign one thought to it. So why is this visual effective? At least I think so. Because if you can see the clouds, and the clouds do not stay in the same position for long, it's very similar to the nature of our thoughts, because we can be aware of our monologue, or dialogue, or a stream of thoughts in our head, and that our thoughts will naturally pass with time. And I've learned in my journey that the beginning of freedom is the realization that you are not your thinker. You are actually the observer. So let me repeat that again so that sinks in. Because if there is one thing to take away from this podcast episode, I really hope that you remember this one line. You are not the thinker. You are the observer. One more time. Just because I really want this to sink in. You are not the thinker. You are the observer. So I told you previously that I want to do a little mini exercise. So here is a mini self-awareness check. I want you to take this moment to bring awareness to the usually involuntary thought process, your continuous monologues or dialogues that maybe initially you don't realize you have the power to notice and take control of. So right now, um, you can grab a paper or you can open the notes of your mobile phone if that's easier for you or a document on your laptop and just answer this question. What are the thoughts I'm having right now? What are the thoughts I'm having right now? So you can um, pause this and just free flow right and unpause it when you're done. Okay, so I hope that you've done this mini exercise check. It's super simple. Um, And after you've written, what you are thinking about at the very moment as you read it, imagine what you're reading is those that are attached to the clouds. So you are not the thinker. If you can write it down, you are now the observer of what you are thinking. So just a little bit about why self-awareness is so important to our healing process or towards this journey of 
even more self-development, I would say. I believe that self-awareness really gives insight or a certain understanding of ourselves. And slowly, it helps us reduce unhealthy thoughts and attitudes that usually increases our suffering. For example, thinking what we should have done in the past or the what-ifs of the future. Self-awareness gives a perspective from stepping back and checking your expectation, checking your assumption. So maybe listening to this episode, the concept of self-awareness you've come across before, and maybe it's honestly easier to understand. It's easier said than done. But I do believe that we need to train to be self-aware. I still need to train to be self-aware every single day. And I'll tell you why we need to train. So the majority of our time being awake is actually on autopilot mode. So autopilot is when you do things, but unconsciously. You do things without actually thinking you're doing it, I'd say. So for me, it's scrolling on Instagram. It's driving my usual route home or sometimes reading. It's just very habitual. So under this autopilot mode, your subconscious negative thoughts can impact your life in ways that, you know, we don't really fully see. So for me personally, I have been working on my insecurity and low self-esteem for as long as I can remember. And I've not been conscious of this until my negative thoughts of feeling insecure and low self-esteem for no rational reason affects my relationship with other people and sometimes it does really affect my work and when we have these negative thoughts it can increase our stress levels it can also reduce like positive inputs of the world for example the beauty of the simple things around us like um, this book i really like by Hyman sunim um, he's a buddhist meditator and he explains about you can't really see the positive inputs of the world when you are so busy or you can't really see the beauty of the simple things around us if you're too busy and his book by Hamin Sunim is called um, the things you can see only when you slow down I think it's quite um, relaxing to read that book so I'd recommend to read in your free time so coming into the scientific part I did say earlier that I want to discuss um, two scientific papers about this topic so what does science really have to say about this So neuroscientists figure out that our mind doesn't like to stay still for very long. We call this phenomenon mind wandering. It's basically when our thought is being separated by the external world. So what's going on around me or I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing. And it's just basically our thought is unrelated to what's going on in the here and now. So sometimes for me, For example, I don't pay attention to reading. My eyes move across the page, but my mind is elsewhere. So I have to go back to the initial page when I realize that, oh, I'm not really paying attention to what I'm reading. I was just thinking about what I'm going to eat after this. I don't know if you've had anything similar, but that can come quite often um, across the span of my day, for example. Mind wandering is more common than you think, so you're not alone. It happens to every human being with a fully functioning and healthy brain. So the neuroscientists have named this the default mode network. I have included the original scientific paper on the link in the description as study one. So you can click on it and 
have a read yourself. So the default mode network is the brain area that activates when we are not consciously thinking or actively doing things that are engaging. So when I initially said brain activates, it means that this particular brain area has more blood flow. And you can see this under a scanner called the fMRI scan, which is the functional magnetic resonance imaging scan. Now, this default mode network is activated when we are thinking about four things. First, ourself. Second, thinking about others. Third, thinking about the past. And four, thinking about our future. So for example, we think about ourselves like, oh my God, I remembered something that embarrassing that I did or say to a friend a few months ago. I should have said something else instead. Or second, thinking about others. Hmm, I wonder what my partner is up to. And third, thinking about the past. It's like, ooh, I miss that moment. That was a good moment. And four, thinking about our future. It could be, I should plan what I should eat after I listen to this podcast. And believe it or not, most of our minds are actually in this state. So I bet if you counted, or I asked you to count, from the beginning of this episode, you've had multiple thoughts like this since you've started listening to this podcast. And the second scientific study, super interesting, I came across um, in one of my studies. It was titled, A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind. So I have also included the original paper on the link in the description of this podcast, I guess a study too. So to oversimplify this paper, they say that their purpose is to see what people were thinking about in pseudo-random times of the day. So pseudo-random means that it's random, but it's not really. And try to correlate it with their levels of happiness. And happiness is measured by what they report. So their method is called experience sampling. And they just contact these people through an app as they do their everyday activities and ask them to report what they were thinking, what they were feeling, and what they were doing at the moment. So concretely, are you thinking about something other than what you're currently doing? And the question was like, how are you feeling right now? That's for the feelings. And for the actions, they ask, what are you doing right now? And they had a pool of data from around 2,000 adults, and their results are, interestingly, people's minds wandered frequently regardless of what they're doing. 50% or actually 47% of people in the sample had their mind wandering. And the second really interesting result is that people were less happy when their minds were wandering compared to when their minds were not wandering. Stepping back from these two research, I naturally thought that probably the solution is then to stop thinking right? But how likely is it to stop thinking? If we purposely want to stop thinking about something, the resistance to the thought will actually increase our thought about it. So concretely, for example, if I told you to not think of, let's say, a pink monkey, would you be able to stop thinking or imagining of a pink monkey? Or would you think of the pink monkey more? I think you'll understand what I mean. So what is the solution? The solution is to be aware of our thoughts rather than controlling or forcing it to stop. 
right? So we have to be aware of our thoughts and our emotions. But with this attitude of acceptance and curiosity, because I really do believe that our thoughts and our emotions carry important information for us of our current state. And we have a choice because of the space of self-awareness to act out how we want to take care of ourselves better. So I want to give you practical tips on how to practice self-awareness and I hope this will be useful for you. So I believe that the critical skill is learning or having the ability to check what am I thinking and what am I feeling at the moment. And after two years of trying to figure this out, I have this routine where I think what's important is that you have time to slow down and you can take a mindful pause. I'll talk more about mindfulness in the future episodes because I think it's worthy of the deep dive. So I have two um, routines. One, I named it a morning check-in and the second is an evening check-up. So for a morning check-in, I like to meditate to practice being in the present moment. And even if you can only do five minutes, just do it and try to make it a consistent practice. So for me, when I do a morning check-in and meditate and slow down, I can understand what I need to balance whatever I'm feeling for the rest of the day. And I think it's been very helpful. So future episodes will cover this more deeply. My second routine is an evening checkout. And I really like to journal and write what I am grateful for the day. And I believe this is very important to keep positive and to appreciate your day and yourself and other people when you have a gratitude practice in your daily routine. I am excited to actually cover this more deeply also in a future episode. I hope this podcast episode have been insightful for you. If you find it useful, please click follow on Spotify and click subscribe if you're listening from Apple Podcast and you can write me a review too. I would really appreciate it. Feel free to share with your close ones so they can maybe hear it over the weekend. And um, uh, thank you so much. I've also prepared a short guided meditation for you on how to practice self-awareness and it will start after the meditation bell rings. Namaste. comfortable position. If you are sitting down, find an upright but comfortable position so your spine is straight and your chest is broad and open. And if you're laying down, please have your hands by your side or on top of your heart.
We are going to start this practice by inhaling deeply together. Pause and exhale. Let's do that again. Inhale and exhale. As you continue to do that, be aware of the sensation of inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. Now close your mouth, inhale, exhale through your nose. As you do this, notice the sensation that inhaling is actually colder in your nostrils than when you exhale. It's okay if your mind already starts to wander just notice it and gently bring it back to the sensation of your nostrils. Great. So I want you to imagine that you are sitting outdoors. It's one of your most favorite place outside of the house. You can imagine being in the beach. You can imagine being on the beach, on the grass, on the mountain. So imagine something that's personal to you. You're imagining the sensations of the wind and sensations of the weather. It can be sunny or it can be rainy. For a brief moment, you look up towards the sky inside this space that you are in and you see clouds that are passing by. The clouds can be white, they can be gray, they can be thick, they can be thin. They can move slowly, or they can move fast. Just visualize clouds. Now imagine that each cloud has a thought. Whatever 
your mind is thinking right now, try to see it represented visually on a cloud. There is no right or wrong in this visualization. It is deeply, personally, your experience. Still, stay with your breath. Now try to do this with a sense of curiosity, a sense of wanting to know and trying to befriend our emotions. Don't reject or try to control these emotions rather than just visualize it. Don't try to control or reject this visualization of your thoughts onto the cloud. You know, after a while, you can understand that you are not your thoughts. You are not your negative thoughts. You are not your worries. And that you can have different thoughts if you want to, because you have the power to attach the thoughts on the clouds. Now gently bring your awareness back to the sensations in your body. The sensations as you inhale, your body expands. When you exhale, the body contracts. Bring yourself into a state of kindness towards yourself by bringing both hands towards your chest. And you can have a gentle smile on your face and exhale the tensions. You can say to yourself something that you are grateful for. Let's take our last inhale together. And exhale and you can slowly open your eyes. Namaste.